good evening. We are at about the 7 o'clock hour. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, we pray again that this uh, broadcast might go well. We, uh, we are anticipating in this area a movement, if you will, where a lot of businesses will be opening up. Um, people will start going to work in the next few days not already started, uh, so we're looking forward to folks getting out, but at the same time we're praying uh, for the safety of, of all, we're just praying God's strength through all this, and just praying that we continue to make good decisions, we, um, we do know that in, uh, in many venues, well I guess all venues, but many venues that are special to us, uh, there's still some guidelines in place, including the church, eateries and restaurants, and, and so we pray that we all um, stick close to the guidelines that have been set uh, before us, and just make good decisions. Uh, it's been a, a long eight weeks or so in this region, maybe a little less, or, uh, a little more than some other areas, but about eight to nine weeks in this area, so I know, I know that many are anticipating, um, I've heard this word so much, I'll try not to overuse it, but new normal. Um, so again, we're glad that you joined us this evening. We are continuing to uh, look at this uh, this idea of prayer. Uh, God has uh, willed it, that uh, we're studying it, uh, the model prayer uh, on Wednesdays, and then we're also having an opportunity to uh, get further study and preach on it on uh, Sundays as well. And so, the month of May, uh, the emphasis has been on prayer, and so uh, it's fitting. It's always fitting to have an emphasis on prayer. Uh, that should be the start of all that we do. Can't preach in a powerful fashion without prayer. You can't teach. Uh, you can't. Uh, you can't have powerful marriages, good relationships with your children if, if we do not have our prayer life in the Word. So I'm praying, even as a as a pastor, I'm praying that my prayer life uh, will improve, and I'm trusting that, that God will see that through. afternoon this morning, maybe, maybe even the last couple days, I can't, I can't remember, I wish I could give credit, um, credit was due, but it's not mine, um, but you understand the concept, they say that you uh, you shouldn't pray anymore in public than you do in private, and so if you, if you pray those, uh, those three-second prayers, if I pray those three-second prayers in private, at home, in my prayer closet, uh, then I shouldn't be getting up here on Sundays and praying those quote-unquote fervent prayers for 25 minutes, and uh, so we, we have to be careful in how we move uh, and realize that uh, God knows the heart of all of us. So whatever we do, we want to do it in a sincere fashion, uh, because uh, in the end, we don't want to, we don't want to hear that our, our, our lives are hard. So with that being said, uh, just, uh, just a couple of notes, and again, I'm glad that you joined us. Welcome. Uh, I know that we have... Uh, we have a faithful a group that uh, continue right here at Secret Top to study along with us. And we're just thankful for all those that uh, uh, work behind the scenes. I know I say that just about every Wednesday and Sunday. And I, I pray that uh, I say it so much that it gets on your nerves. But uh, I, I'm really just thankful for the, uh, the work that, that continues to go on in this place. And, uh, many churches, I, you know, I know that a lot of churches are continuing with ministry. 
the next few weeks, hopefully, uh, maybe a Zoom or something like that that will give us the opportunity uh, to, to have some live um, feedback um, and some live going back and forth. So we're working towards that and, and praying um, in that vein. Um, uh, one of the questions, and, and I, don't, uh, I don't think I'm going to uh, have a perfect, matter of fact, I, don't, I know I don't have a perfect answer, uh, but one of the questions that I received is, is what, um, what can we pray for? I know I used an example, and I said it a couple times, I know it's stuck with a few people, at least one that I know. Um, I said we have to be careful uh, praying about uh, God to give strength to so I can uh, uh, get off this toe that's hurting and there's nothing wrong with that. And I said we have to be careful with uh, asking God for Corvettes and, 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 all, and all of that. And, and so let's let's just take a few seconds and, and, I'll, and I'll continue with this. Um, there's nothing wrong with specific prayers. In fact, when you look at uh, some of the good prayers, and we'll do that one of these days, uh, some of the prayers when we talk about the missionary call um, and, and some of the other ones, uh, those prayers, nothing wrong with petitions, they're specific. And so there's nothing wrong with asking, asking specific stuff uh, from God and asking God to, to bless uh, some stuff in your life, uh, even jobs or, or something like that. So, so I don't want to make it sound like that uh, that um, our prayers uh, need to um, um, be far from us, if you will. It's one thing, look, it's one thing to have somebody, they talk a certain way, and as soon as they pray, they pray, you hear those these and their downs and all that, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, something's off. So, so I, I don't believe in our conversations with God that he calls us to, uh, to be someone else. I believe he calls us to be us. And because he's our father, we talked about that in that first week, and, and this gives me an opportunity to recap we have that relationship with him. And so he knows us. He made us. And so we can come to him uh, in, in, in who we are. Um, he, he molded us. And so he knows exactly who we are. We don't have to come uh, in conversations like someone else. And so um, he knows what we ask even before we ask him. And so it's not, it's not the, the me asking for a Corvette per se, but it's my heart. And, um, and, it's, and, it's, uh, and it's the sincerity sincerity of my prayer. Look, I, I prayed that, that God um, that God give me a church because I knew I was called to I knew I was called to pastor. And so I don't think it was greedy for, for, to, for me to ask my God that he, he opened he open it up where, where I do exactly what he's called me to do. Um, but I, I, I believe and I still believe that that was in his will. And that's, that's that was based upon my walk and, and with him. See, the problem with many of us is we ask for Corvettes and we're asking for all this stuff, uh, but we've not been close enough to him to ask those things that he would uh, he would have for us, that he would that he would uh, will to give us. See, you can't ask God for anything outside his will. Um, look, one of the uh, one of the fantastic uh, verses that it talks about um, a father, a father who knows what a son, uh, what a son actually needs, what a daughter actually needs. Would he, would he give him a serpent uh, when he asks for something else? Would he, would, he give him, would he give him this when he knows he needs this? Uh, and so even, I know we keep using that family status, but there is no better example, in my opinion, than the other family. And so even with my, with my boys, uh, look, there's some stuff that I just want them to ask me for, uh, and they know that, uh, uh, that I'm going to get it for them, if you will, uh, but I still want them uh, to, to come to me in a home 
humble fashion. If they ask me for something that's not in, uh, not in their best interest, and it's not in my, um, it's not within my means to get it to them, then, then it's not going to happen. And the same thing with the Father. So I don't want the Heavenly Father. So I don't want to, uh, I don't want to hamper anyone and think, uh, think that you know now my prayer has to be stale, and, and and I can't ask for what I believe God is is really uh, willing. Uh, willing to, to, to give me. That's, that's not what we're, we're after. Uh, but at the, at the same time, we need to recognize that most, many times at, at points of our lives, uh, we, we dressed it up with nice Christian talk. But we were really trying to, to get God to come on our side. Uh, and we didn't care if it was in His will of our lives or not. So, so hopefully that helps. A little, I know I ran a little bit, but hopefully that helps a little bit. I do think we're called to be specific in our prayers. I do think that we, if, um, if we really feel like God has put that on our heart, uh, that he calls us to petition him. He calls us uh, to ask this uh, in his name. I know we do the old, uh, the old stamp, in Jesus' name. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, when you talk about in Jesus' name, you can't ask for anything. And he's not going to grant it when it's outside, outside his will. So hopefully that helps, helps a little bit. And, and I don't want to stunt anybody. That's not what this lesson is. Uh, these next, uh, or these eight, eight weeks or so, that's not what that is about. I, I still think when we talk about our Father that first week, and that relationship, He calls us to be um, as honest with Him as we can. And, and, and look, many times in my prayer, I'm, I'm, I'm asking God, you, you give me the heart to pray for that which you need me to pray for. Teach us to pray, as the disciples said. Teach us to pray, knowing that we've been walking with you, and we've, we've been doing this with you, and we still, we still don't understand. And, and, and we've got to do the same thing as, as disciples these days. Look, uh, uh, we talk about the Psalms, uh, David, and a couple of other ones, but we know David, uh, that was as real as could be. <laughs> that was heartfelt as could be, and it was not always a pretty, a pretty thing. Um, uh, so the first week, again, we talked about that, that our Father, we talked about that relationship. Um, last week, on week two, uh, uh, we looked at uh, uh, we looked at that second portion of, of nine, and how it be your name. And we talked about uh, the holiness, the holiness of, of God, the, the separate. And I said I wanted to read um, one passage. Uh, this is from Walter Elwell. This is uh, it's a whole lot in here, but I wanted to read this. When we talk, we talk about holiness. To be holy is defined as having a spiritually pure quality and entitled to worship. Uh, Elwell says, says this. E-L-W-E-L-L is his last name. Holiness then denotes the separateness or otherness of God from all his creation. The Hebrew word for holy in its fundamental meaning, contains the note of that which is separate or apart. And so I, I think that's a good, concise um, definition when we talk about uh, this idea of holiness. So last week we talked about hallowed, hallowed be, be that name. Uh, to approach God uh, in humility and adoration is our job. And if we do it any other way, uh, then it's, it's distorted. Any prayer that does not start off with the recognition and the might and the power God is indeed, indeed all. Psalm 99, we're not going to go back to all those scriptures that we talked about, but Psalm 99, I thought that did a, a fantastic job in, in uh, relaying what, what, what our job is. Uh, again, when you talk about the response of the followers, um, in, in Psalm 99, 
stands of one. The Lord reigns. He dwells. The Lord is great. That stands of two. And he's high above all the peoples. And then what's our job? Uh, stands of three. Let them praise. Um, stands of five. Exalt the Lord our God. For he and worship uh, at his footstool. For he is holy. And so, uh, again, when we talk about it, I think, I think I'm going to preach maybe the posture of prayer this Sunday. Thank you for staying with me. But, but, but when we talk about, um, we talk about our, our, our demeanor and our attitude, that's, uh, the, that's really the problem with a lot of us is we're not sincere. Look, God, uh, I've got fantastic households. I'm not the same thing. But I, I'm listening now to, um, uh, and not, not just my household, but I'm listening uh, um, at, at, at dinner time now. I'm asking somebody to pray. I'm hearing. Uh, saying, okay, hold on. That's just you want to get that ravioli real quick. And so then it's not it's not them, but it, but it's me. And I'm saying, okay, have I not done a, a good job in, in showing the, the reference that we need to have? And, and, and truth be told, they uh, they don't get that. Uh, Somebody else, they watched us. They watched us mute uh, um, uh, the television for about two seconds and then mute it real quick so we don't miss a part. And, and, and it goes through that. And, and, and so we have to be careful. And I, I'm not saying now that you need to have a, a 30 a thirty minute prayer over your meals. That's not, that's not what I'm after. But what I'm saying, and, and, and we talk about this, but what I'm saying, I'm saying what we do, we've got to understand who we're talking to. Who we're dealing with? We're dealing with the God Almighty who is hung the stars and hung the moon. And, and, and so we need to pause in what we do. I, I know I talked about last week the scribes. Um, remember, they said his name uh, in, in ancient days for a while there. Um, uh, and he didn't say it. I mean, take it back. Even when they wrote his name there, uh, they, they go purify themselves. They uh, are showing the reference. Reverence for the name of God. And so we have to be careful. We have to be humble in our, in our approach. So, so that's hallowed be thy name. Let me do this. Let me read it in its entirety. Sometimes you, you break stuff down and you don't always get it all. So let's, let's read it in its entirety and then we'll dive and say a few things about verse 10 and let you have the rest of the evening. Again, this is Matthew 6. We're going to start with 9. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into, into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh, that ends with 13. And Lord, I bless you to the reading of this word. Um, and I know, depending on what you have, this is the New King James Version. Uh, that's one reason why I read it, because what I've grown up reciting would be that King James Version. And so uh, you, I know it's a little different than the King James, and, and the NLT changes it a little bit as well, but, but uh, you, it's the same same concept. Um, NIV is a little different, but for the most part, those are real close. And you've got another, another version. You might want to let me take a look at it if there's some stuff that we need to look uh, to decipher on that. But uh, you, you, get it, you get the gist of it. So let's look at 10. 
It says, your kingdom, your kingdom come. So we're going to, we're going to deal with that part A of that. Uh, when we talk about uh, this idea of kingdom, let's, uh, and again, a good Bible student, you need, and I need to understand the text the best we can as it was presented in its original fashion. And so uh, for those that uh, wonder why do you, who cares about the language, uh, why, do, why do they study Hebrew Aramaic, who cares about the Greek and Koine, who cares about that? They're just trying to uh, be smart and all that. Um, and and look, there is a place for that because you get to study the language uh, in, its original, in its original fashion. And so one thing you try to do is you try to uh, get a good grasp of the language the best you can. There's a lot of tools out there, a lot of good study by stuff with that. Uh, but then you also get you, get you something that will uh, 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 teach uh, what the time was from a historical standpoint and give you some other background uh, information. Uh, and that helps with the interpretation um, of, of all this. So let's, let's, let's understand uh, what territories, if you, if you will, would have meant uh, in this time. Territories in, in ancient Near Eastern culture um, uh, were marked by borders or lines of division. All right? And so the kingdoms were where the king's rule extended. Um, in some of my studies, they uh, talk about the sovereignty of God, and I had never heard this before, but it makes it makes good sense. Even in the fabric of a lot of um, Americans, um, and one thing you have to uh, you have to understand from a historical standpoint, America is not that old. Um, uh, but in the fabric of, of America, uh, there is a, this almost innate um, rebellion. Is this idea of sovereignty. I, I never, I'm, I'm taking some down from R.C. Sproul. This is, this is not my, my concept. I'm not developed, but I thought it was interesting. What he was saying, he was saying, even in the fabric of, of Americans, uh, when we first came over, uh, you can understand that there was a rebellion against, against the king. <laughs> and so the, the whole fabric of America is based upon this idea that uh, there is no single sovereign entity that can hold that can hold my attention and hold my, my entire being. That, that's interesting. That's an interesting concept. I will say this. Uh, we move now <laughs> for the most part as if uh, there is nothing sovereign. I, I will say that in 2020 uh, most of us are dead set on uh, following no rules. Most of us are dead set in, in not, um, not having any type of that's, that's dangerous. In the church, we have to teach that there is a sovereign God. And when we talk about a sovereign God, we're talking about, look, you can't have him, you can't have him, I'm talking about him, big age. Uh, you can't have him uh, uh, lord over one portion of your life and then tell him not to worry about that. That's not sovereign.
uh, that would have sparked something. Uh, um, they, they don't pretend to, I'm not saying they understood everything, but they would have understand, understood this idea of a kingdom and a kingship and the king uh, uh, being able, his, his rule being able to extend. And wherever his rule extended, he was, he was ruler over it. So, so I want to make sure we understand, we understand that concept. So now let's talk. Let's talk about Jesus. Um, when we talk about now when he talks about this idea of kingdom, kingdom come. That's where that word comes from that you hear, uh, you hear all the time. Um, one thing we have to understand is that um, this idea of kingdom, it's, it's, it's in the here and now. And we also understand that there is a future element to this idea of kingdom. We, we understand that there will be a consummation if you will, when Jesus comes back. And, um, but, but in this study, I thought, again, for those that join us and have that right now media, I, I want you to, to take a look at that because that young man did a fantastic job with it. But, but one thing that he talks about is he talks about that the kingdom is not a place. The kingdom is where God reigns. That's not R-A-I-N. That's R-E-I-G-G-N. God, where God reigns. So kingdom of God is not a location, but it's where he, it's where he reigns. This idea of repent and the kingdom of God is at hand. But Matthew 4, Matthew 4 and 17. Bible students, I'm not going to go through a whole lot of scriptures today, but I want to make sure that, look, Matthew 4 and 17, uh, from the time Jesus began to preach and say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This uh, this idea in the Greek uh, at hand, uh, uh, gaizo, gaizo is the is the, the Greek word for that. Uh, but it's, it's this idea of joining one thing to another. Right? So the kingdom, the kingdom of God, we're called to 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 walk in the here, in the now. When we talk about the kingdom. The kingdom of God. We're not talking about a location. Alright? Um, um, we're talking about literally God's reign. So what's our part? What's our part in that? Um, our part is that when we're, when we're citizens of that kingdom, when we join that kingdom, we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like, but when we've joined that, then we have literally helped to bring that kingdom we're the feet of that. So we talk about all, all the time. We talk about why it's important. Um, why it's important that, that, that we act we act like we know God and God has touched our heart. Because we're the evidence that God reigns. And so the problem with, with, with a lot of us is that we don't move as if God is all powerful. So we confess and we do all this hollering and, 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 and do all this church going and, 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 and folks are looking at us and they're saying, well, shoot, that's what the reign of God on, on our heart looks like and I don't want any part of it. And that's dangerous. That's, that's, that's dangerous. So this idea of repent, of course, this idea of repent and, the, uh, and, and repent and get right, turn, turn away, cleanse yourself and get right, that sounds very familiar. That's what John the Baptist. That's what John the Baptist, who, who's considered the, 
the last of the Old Testament prophets. Uh, uh, that's, that's what he said. Repent for the kingdom, the kingdom of God is in here. It's here. So Jesus, Jesus starts off his ministry by saying, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. And it's, and it's called to join one thing to another. So why is the kingdom essential to Jesus' teaching on prayer? Let's see if I can I can break this down. And, and, and I'm going to take this from this young man that was in that study. Because I, I thought he, he, had a, he had a good concept right here. He says, when we see all things open, when we allow God's rule to open our eyes, then our needs change. Again, the, the, the kingdom is not a location. It's not us going to something. The, king, the, the kingdom is here. That's a, that's a real good study. You can just sit down and, and look at it. But the kingdom is already, is already here. And Jesus is the gateway. Jesus is the key to that kingdom. And so the, the, the kingdom is my eyes being opened to the things of God. Let me see. John, uh, that's, this is probably this voice is great. It's probably the best example I can come up with right now. Um, in the third chapter, the gospel is reported by John. Look, let's, let's use a, a little bit of that. Um, John, the third chapter. Of course, this is one of the, the gospels, right? Third chapter in, 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 in Nicodemus. You're familiar with Nicodemus. Well, look at this. It says in, in this is the third chapter, verses 5, and look at 6 as well. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Jesus. Jesus is the key. There's a transformation that has to take place from the inside out. See, Nicodemus asked the question, I hate to stop He asked the question. <coughs> Many of us have asked, uh, you talk about being born again, how can we go back into the, into the womb? And, and Jesus had to, had to explain to him, no, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. He's talking, there is a new birth that, 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 that takes place from above. It touches the heart and it opens the eyes of the one. Again, that's why we have to be careful saying that we're a child of God. We're called to have a whole new demeanor, a whole new perspective. And we don't get a chance to say, well, I, you know, there was one thing that I used to do that's real bad, and I don't do that anymore, but everything else I continue to do. We don't get a chance to do that. That means that he's not Lord over our life. What that means is, is that we enjoy theatrics. Uh, we, like to, we, we, we like being uh, characters and plays. And, and so we're, we're hypocritical. If, if we allow him... Uh, if we, if we uh, say that he's, he's truly changed us and we're not changed. Uh, that doesn't mean again that we're perfect. All sin come, come short. But there, there, there has to be an evidence uh, that, that truly we're born. Uh, we're born of this spirit. And so Nicodemus, Nicodemus had to, had to understand that. And it, it's interesting. Nicodemus became a, uh, what we call, uh, in, in Joseph Arimathea, a sheep disciple. And so there was true... Um, and there's true evidence of a conversion, of being born 
born again. So the followers of Jesus enter in a space where Jesus is king. And so again, you don't have to, um, you don't, you don't get a chance to wait. Uh, and that's why you have to be careful. Uh, and I know I used to think this too. You have to be careful saying, well, I'm going to get this thing right when I get older. Uh, when I get old, then I'll, then I'll settle down and do some stuff. Uh, when I get some stuff right, then I'll, then I'll, then I'll do it. All right, my life is better, then I'll start committing. No, 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 no. The kingdom of God is at hand. Meaning everything that we have right now to walk in the will of God, we have it on the spot. He calls us now to have changed, changed hearts and to have a perspective, a kingdom perspective. A kingdom perspective means everything that I look through, I look through God's kingdom on my mind. Our hearts align allegiance to this kingdom and we learn to live as citizens. We, we studied a couple months ago Philippians and this, this idea of citizenship from Paul. One must have self-denial, and then all things are secondary to the kingdom life. So let's, let's get down to some nitty-gritty. Characteristics of the kingdom being ruled by God, you, you see love and peace, patience, self-control, and mercy. And so then the question, how does self-denial look? Look at prayer. We're talking about prayer. So how does self-denial um, um, look at this? Um, look at Matthew Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Let's look at the 40, 44th chapter. And so the, the, the God's kingdom and how it's described. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for the and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys and buys that field. And then if you look at look at 19, this is going to be one that um, is familiar. And I won't read all of it, but uh, the 19th uh, chapter in verse um, verse 16 through 24. Um, of course, it's going to be that rich young ruler. But again, we're talking about the kingdom. Um, let's let's just pull a few points from it. The young man said to him in 20, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. And in 22 we read, But when the young man heard, heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, or sad, for he had great, he had great possessions. And so we talk about this self-denial. We have to be willing to give up self. And you talk about this parable. The parable, uh, again, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Uh, but when we talk about this parable, um, it, it, it literally says that heaven is like a treasure. And we have the treasure to the point that we will seek that. And, put it, and it does not come. Uh, there's nothing that we have is more important than that treasure. That's what a, tr a true treasure is. You think about some of, uh, uh, some of your uh, your most uh, prized possessions, if you will. You think about how you feel feel about that, and, and hopefully when we talk about prize and, and special possessions, hopefully it's uh, uh, more. It's not just stuff. You know, 
I hope there's more to it. But 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 just think about that prize possession and think about right now what you will do, what you would do for that. Think about what steps you'll take to, to preserve that. And if you and if you lose it, what you'll do, what you'll do to get that back. And and, and, and Jesus is saying that, that that when you're talking about the kingdom, that our our movements need to be such. That's the, that's the thing that we seek. That's what we, that's what we go after. And that rich man, it wasn't that he was rich. It was the fact that he has some possessions that he's put. He's put before his relationship with God. That literally kept him. Kept him from, from, from being a part of the kingdom. And then the final analysis, we don't want to look back and the stuff that that that, that tarnished. After, after we bought it, all that stuff that appreciated, we don't want to look back and say that, that, that we gave up our rights uh, in the kingdom because we wanted to hold those possessions. So when we talk about uh, when we talk about the kingdom rule, uh, we're talking about self-denial. So, so our prayers need to need to mimic mimic that. Uh, in Luke uh, 9, 23 and 27, in Luke 14 and 26, we see what dying and what it looks like, what must happen to be part of the kingdom. And I'll just look at, I'll just look at one of those. And, and you can look at it uh, prayerfully. Uh, you can look at both of those uh, if you get a chance. But look in uh, 9, 23, and 27. This is one that is familiar. Uh, this is again chapter 9, verse 23. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desire, desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. For whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is in himself destroyed, destroyed or lost? And so, so what does dying, what does dying look like? That, that, that looks like every day. <coughs> Excuse me. Every day, I'm intentional about, about letting letting this stuff go, letting me go. And he and, and, and me picking up more of him. I can't do that in my own power. I, I've got to ask the Holy Spirit every day to give me strength, give me strength to do that. With all my uh, uh, holiness that I think I have, and this and that, and all these titles and all that, I've got to ask God every day to give me strength to. Not be a selfish husband, to, to, to not be a selfish colleague, uh, to not be a selfish a selfish father, uh, to not be a selfish a selfish pastor, a selfish teacher. Every day, every day, there's got to be some dying of me. In those days that there's not dying of me, uh, you can't stand me. My wife can't stand me. My kids can't stand me. Quite frankly, I can't stand me. <laughs> and, I, uh, and the same thing with with, with us. There's not a dying of us on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, and then, then, then we can't, we can't be, we can't stand, we can't stand to be around folks. So the Holy Spirit has got to, got to help us with that. One must give up their life and then follow Jesus. And so the question is, what grabs our attention? Look at that. What, what, what grabs? Our attention, social media, internet, television, uh, money, uh, 
going after money? What, what grabs our attention? If we're honest right now, um, um, uh, when we sit down and, and pray, what do we really want to pray? What, uh, do we, and we talked about a couple weeks ago, this hour, and this pronoun hour, and we, there's reason that this is sprinkled uh, in this passage, uh, because most of us, we don't have a we in a hour. What is the hour that I need to be praying about? The old law. What, what do I need to be praying about? It's not about just me. So we're willing to give up on our lives to gain a new one. This process, again, works from the inside, inside out. The kingdom life is one that God had originally planned for us. One dying to self has a new perspective, new prayers, and new, and new lifestyle. Again, in 10, your kingdom. Your kingdom comes. And that element uh, is here and now. And we're asking God that, that we truly be converted. Um, look, the problem is, I heard a preacher say this a long time ago, but the problem is that most of the folks in our church are not. I'm not talking about, I'm not after, I got a fantastic church. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about right now. I'm just talking about in general. The problem is that most, most of the folks, we know what the world is, most of the folks in the church are not, are not yet, are not yet. And so we have to pray. We have to pray that this kingdom come and that we um, are the realization that we understand that Jesus uh, is the one that ushers Thank <laughs> you. 